0: Traditional definitions of business, entrepreneurship, and success have historically been reserved for cishet white men. And home-based businesses are often run by the rest of us. Whether you're focused on finances, freedom, friendship, or fun within your business, you get to make the rules and define your own success. And that is feminist as fuck. Welcome to F-Words. I'm your host, life and business coach, Kelly Jackson. So this week, what you are hearing is the Rexy Collective's book club discussion for our September book, which was Laziness Does Not Exist by Dr. Devin Price. Um, And there were only a couple of people who got on and it was actually sort of two separate discussions because one person was on for the first half of the call and one other person got on for about the second half of the call and um so it was really it was really an interesting dive into the concepts of this book um and if you've not read this book i cannot recommend it highly enough um again it's called laziness does not exist and it's by dr Devin price phd Um, that's how it's listed on the book. It's actually not listed as, as Dr. Devin Price, just Devin Price, PhD. Um, but I, I 100% recommend this book. It is such a look into our, I don't know if it's Western or specifically American (laughs) or maybe both. Um, but this the socialized concept that our worth is based on how productive we are. Like our, our inherent moral value is tied to our productivity and our accomplishments and the amount of work that we do, whether that be professional work or, you know, housework or emotional labor, um, or whatever else. And how that's such bullshit, (laughs) because it ends up just leaving us completely exhausted and burnt out. Um, but it really goes deep into our socialization and has a ton of notes. Um, so yeah, I, I, again, I just, I cannot recommend this book highly enough. And the The book club discussions, I haven't shared all of them here on the podcast, but they're always really, really great discussions in the Rexy Collective, um, which will be open soon. I haven't officially opened the doors of that yet, but if you want in, you can totally email me, pressurepointcoaching at gmail.com, and we'll talk about it. <laughs> um, I will let you know when it's officially open to the public, though, but... Our book club discussions are always really, really great. And sometimes there are quite a few people on. Sometimes there are a handful of people on. But this one, I think, was a really valuable conversation or valuable discussion call because it was two separate conversations since there were only the two people and one person was on for the first half. And then the other person joined us halfway through. And... I just think that it's going to be a really, really great listen for, for you to experience the way these two people took this book in and how they related it to their lives. So, hopefully, it's useful for you. Hopefully, you read the book. Um, yeah, and if you if you want it on Rexy, it's a it's a it's a great place, and you'll get more information about that soon. But if you really want into it, just like Email me, and we'll talk about it. All right. I love you. Right. So, Laziness Does Not Exist by Devin Price, Ph.D. That would be Dr. Devin Price, right? Ph.D. means doctor. I think so, yes,
1: doctor. So, what do you think? I love this book. Yeah? it's going to be on my christmas list so that somebody can buy me the physical copy so that i can get more out of it than i did just listening to it because yeah just everything about my life and the way it's explained is that it's not actually any fault of mine it's just this bullshit story that i've been told my entire life that i'm somehow not Worthy of rest, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is so
0: interesting, right? Because it's like <clears throat> there's not another creature on the planet who we impose these bullshit standards upon. Like, yeah. you don't force your cats to earn naps.
1: That's not <laughs> <the> thing. <laughs> no. So, like, why the fuck do we do it to ourselves? I don't know. why I didn't sign up for this shit. And now that I'm aware of it, I'm like pissed off about it. Yeah.
0: And that's the thing, right? Once you recognize all the shit that you did not sign up for.
1: it uh, What? What? Why? What? What? Like, it just blows your mind. You're like, Jesus, all this like stress you've put on yourself because you just thought that like, that's the way it's supposed to be. And then right. to like, have the realization that it's all bullshit. <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, was there anything in particular that stood out to you as, like, hold the fucking phone? I,
1: what? <laughs> um, the whole fucking book? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that
0: everyone really should be required to read this book as, like, how to do life. Um, Because there's so much about... There's so much about our current culture. And I don't know if this is necessarily true everywhere, but it's certainly true here in the United States and particularly in the Midwest, which um Devin lives in Chicago so still Midwest even though not exactly where you know you and I live Iowa and Missouri um right but the idea that you know idols hand idle hands are the devil's playground and that if you're not being productive then you're somehow immoral or Whatever. You've done something wrong, you're doing something wrong, and you're worth less than the people who are productive. And that is dangerous in so many ways, Um, particularly for those who are able-bodied and generally healthy. We overwork ourselves for those who have any kind of mental or physical condition seen or unseen then whatever limitations exist for our bodies and brains to be able to operate at like you know their capacity then we judge ourselves for that and we weaponize everything and and our our limitations against ourselves and don't allow ourselves to actually rest and Um, heal and, you know, do what we need to do in order to fucking survive. And so we end up like probably killing ourselves sooner than what what is possible if we lived more restful lives, more easygoing lives, lives that allowed us to relax and enjoy moments more than just rush, 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 rush. Because we end up doing things like making ourselves sick. And when we are sick, then we don't take care of ourselves. Like what Devin describes in the book with their own experience. And nope. it just like, I don't know. the It goes so far beyond morality. And whatever kind of moral judgments you want to put on work, productivity, pleasure, rest, fun, you know, whatever kind of moral judgments you want to put on that, then bleeds into physicality and emotionality and our actual physical and mental health. And if you don't look at that and take the responsibility for it in order to adjust your own moral compass in a way that allows you to be a full fucking human... You're fucking yourself and everybody around
2: you. Pretty
1: much. (laughs) I think that was one thing that did stand out to me, I guess. Now that you say that was the whole, you know, you have to either take care of your body or your body will take care of itself at your expense. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's a hard lesson learned for me over the last couple of years as I finally just come to the realization that I Require more rest than your average person. And I'm not going to feel guilty about taking said rest.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, you've said that a couple of times. And I actually wonder if that's even really true. Like maybe the rest that you require is what most people require. They just don't know how to recognize it or accept it or allow
1: themselves to take it. Or they just don't do it. Like (laughs) I just because I just like, oh, God, I need at least eight to 10 hours of sleep how dare you require some time for sleep? And I'm like, no, dude, it's what I need. This is what we're doing. But people are like, oh my God, I can never sleep that much. I get like four hours and I'm good. And I'm like, no, you're not. Not at all.
0: Not at all. And that's like one one of the things that drives me nuts about, I want to say the direct sales industry, but I don't know that it's industry as a whole. It might just be like the lineage of it that I have come from. Is the idea of like, you can sleep when you're dead and like hustle, hustle, grind, grind. And like, yo, no, just flat out fucking no. I'm not here for that. And it doesn't, when you are not rested and you're operating at a sleep deficit, so you have less cognitive capability and you have more cortisol coursing through your body with stress hormones you aren't doing your best work
1: (laughs) no in fact you're doing the bare minimum shit work that you think is fine and it's so not
0: (laughs) exactly like if you allowed yourself to actually rest you might be more productive because you would do better work in shorter amount of time you might be more efficient not that that is a measure of worthiness, I'm not trying to say that, but like, if what you're trying to do is get more work done, you might get more work done if you took a fucking nap. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: Be more clear and have more... But well, it's, it's
1: not to say that that's the end all be all, but the whole quality of work versus quantity of work.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. 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 Um. I love the concept of detangling achievements from worth. And I think that, and I I know that I have said this before, I don't know if I've said it before on a book club call or a coaching call that you've been on, Um, but I think that the English language does us a disservice with the words worth and value because there is the concept of a price right and like a price tag and and whatever you're paying for something is what it's worth and whatever you're charging is the value of whatever you're giving um or providing and then there is the concept of inherent and intrinsic worth and value simply for existing because you're a human fucking being and because we have the words worth and value that mean both things. I <laughs> I think that we like we the, our language does us a disservice because we then equate those two things. Yes. And so the value that I provide to my company or to my clients or to whatever or whomever is my value. And the idea of like charging your worth for, you know, whether you're Setting a price for a service that you provide or a product that you create or sell, or like asking for a raise or you know some other kind of extra benefit or negotiating salary or whatever, like worth and value, mean two completely separate things that are on like opposite ends of the spectrum from one another, and yet because they're the same words, we equate them, and then I think that like ties into our productivity bullshit and our hustle bullshit yeah. that then keeps us further away from rest and really allowing ourselves to relax and do things for the sake of the things like yeah. have fun for the sake of fun and right
1: there's pleasure. no gold here other than to just be
0: yeah yeah And so then we equate our our worth and value with whatever achievements that we have or whatever money we're making or whatever tangible stuff we can measure and worth and value as a human for existing is
1: not measurable. It's not measurable. Uh, It is kind of a, yeah. You think you got it all straight in your head and then you really think about it and you're like, well, fuck. I know. (laughs) Because they're so tied together
0: yeah 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 um because of the author's like political and social leanings um there was some stuff that came up in here that I was a little bit like oh I wonder how this is gonna go over um were there any things that came up for you around like I don't know, people who are unhoused or ad- addiction stuff or anything that shifted the way you think of,
1: um, I don't know, anything? Um, I did kind of have to call myself out on the addiction thing, because in my mind, I don't know why, I'm just like, I don't know if I even truly believe it or if I just believe it because I've totally bought into the fact that people with addictions, it's their own fault. It's their own problem. Mm -hmm. So hearing that interpretation of how to help those people through that, their point of view on what they were actually battling was helpful. I, I guess to me to just kind of be like a little bit of an eye opener to be like, it isn't so black and white like my mind was making it be like there's a lot more going on society wise and culture wise as far as what people are actually physically dealing with in their lives Mm
2: -hmm. that may
1: cause them to go down the road to self-medicating with what the fuck ever Mm -hmm. so that one did kind of call my attention to my own bullshit narrative that i had going on in my head being like (laughs) oh
0: yeah Yeah. And I mean, the way, the way our, our American society treats addiction and mental health in general, and also poverty and unhoused populations, sex workers, like it just treats our society treats this as if it's all one issue and it's a black and white issue and it's not it's not it's not at all and if we were to actually invest some governmental funding and other resources into things like housing and mental health physical health you know, things that would help people in so many ways that doesn't actually have to cost all that much money in comparison right. to how much we spend on other shit. Like, there could be so many advances made in, in all of those issues. But because our culture thinks that laziness is a thing and a punishable offense.
1: Right everybody would succeed in life. They just got off their ass and worked for it. Yeah.
0: And like, what the fuck does that even mean?
1: Exactly.
0: Get off your ass and work for it. Okay. Except what job do you want me to have? Oh, the minimum wage job. That's not going to support my family. And you know, we're going to end up then losing our government assistance that we do have. So we're not even going to break even at that point. Or if I do have a minimum wage job then i should actually be treated like shit because i don't have an education but if i do have an education then i have so much debt that i can't like there's no winning there's no, no.
1: winning. there okay. is no winning in that
0: <laughs> doesn't fucking make any sense doesn't make any sense uh, you listened to the audiobook i did so I am flipping through the physical copy of the book for the first time. I've listened to the audiobook three times because that's that's what I do. Um, but I'm listening to, or I'm flipping through this audiobook for the first time, and there is where Devon talks about their friend August creating this spreadsheet of like tracking quality of life things. Um, there's a visual here for the goal category of reflection, physical health, rest, work relationships, and errands and life tasks. And then goal for the week, whether it's a high, medium, or low priority completion and feelings about it. And I'm going to show this to you so that you can see the visual. Can
1: you see that? Okay. Yeah. It's always helpful for me to see things visually. Um, That would be a good exercise to like implement into said daily routine to be like, hey, just mindlessly scrolling Facebook doesn't actually bring me joy and it wastes time.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Or even like weekly. I don't even know that.
1: Yeah, probably not daily. Mm -hmm. That would just sound like more work and then we wouldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs)
2: what
0: about the idea of the work week and like how it's set up as 40 hours a week and five days of eight hours or in a lot of cases now four days of 10 hours But then also like the gig economy, adding shit onto that. I mean, direct sales does that too. Adding shit onto the traditional.
1: It just seems like people are always working, whether it's a side hustle or a second job or two or three part-time jobs, all combined just to make ends meet so that financially you have a place to live and a car to drive to get to these jobs to pay for the shit that you don't even get time to deal with. Like, it just... Yeah, I don't know. I'm. I've read a couple studies, and of course, I don't remember any of them. But over the years, I feel like that. I think it's some countries in Europe that have gone to like thirty-two or thirty-hour work week, mm-hmm. and how much better and healthier and happier they're as a society. And I'm like, why aren't we not doing this shit in the U.S.? Oh, that's right, because mu- time is money, and people's work is heaven forbid somebody should not have to die to go to work to make money for some billionaire who has more than enough that they will never need anymore. But that's what we do in America.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And when you look at other countries too, I mean, and not that I think that there's any other country that has a perfect system, nor is there any other country that we could just like replicate their shit here and everything would go off without a hitch. But when you do look at other countries, 32 hour work
1: weeks are becoming more popular
0: But also, they get, like, fucking four weeks off a year for vacation.
1: Right? Like, actual vacations. Whereas here in the U.S., people don't even take their damn vacation because they're in such a gotta get somewhere, gotta make more money, gotta push through. I can't take time off.
0: Yeah. Or, like, a friend of mine, (laughs) she works in a school system, and she was just talking the other day about potentially having a sterilization procedure over thanksgiving so that she can have time to heal and rest and recover and like because you can't fucking take time off if you work in the school system can't take time off if you work anywhere you know but like using the holidays and using vacation time that you do have to
1: have a surgery yep because that's what america does that is what we do it's that whole i'll do a doctor's appointment on friday that way if something goes wrong i have the weekend to recover type
2: shit Mm
1: -hmm. yeah which is so fucked which is because it's like oh be sick on your own type like the reason covid sucks so bad is because everybody's like oh we're just gonna all fucking go to work sick because we don't care about anybody or anybody else yeah exactly exactly and all these companies put policies in place to like try to like curb that just a little bit. But now we're right back to where we were. I mean, both at Walmart and my current job, there's people coming to work sick because I ain't gonna waste my precious vacation time on a sick day. Fuck that. I'm Mm -hmm. like, yes, let's come to where it can contaminate everybody.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Our culture is fucked. It is. We have so much backwards. So many priorities just in the wrong places for us to actually thrive in our lives, right. right? And and of course, the systems that we have in this country are set up to support that, or maybe that's where it originated. I don't know what came first, whether it was a cultural issue with puritanical work ethic, and then the systems were set up to support that, or if the systems came first, and then you know, we evolved as a society to uphold the systems, maybe both, but it's fucked.
2: (laughs) It is fucked.
1: And it's fucked on so many different levels. That is just like going down the fucking rabbit hole when you really start to think about it. And you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. I know. That's why like I think that's why activism burnout is
0: such a thing. That yes. You try to change one thing and you realize how fucked everything is. And so it just seems so overwhelming and you get involved in all of this stuff, but you can't get involved in all of this stuff because you're only one person. And that's yeah, why, like, no. honestly, that's why I think the work that we do here with like mindset shifting, emotional processing, the journey to radical self acceptance and maybe even self love one day. Like when we go on that path, I think that's the answer. Like the only answer that will actually create any meaningful change is getting individually, one on one, inside of our personal shit and dismantling it. Because when we dismantle our own shit, then we can go into the systems that we're part of and create some sort of an impact there. Whether that means activism or creating social change or just showing up in a way that is different to give other people something else to react to. Like, I don't, I don't think that there is a way to like burn it to the ground and start over. (laughs) I think it really comes down to each of us individually doing (laughs) the work on ourselves so that eventually over time that will bubble up I don't know what what the other answers might be but that's that's how yeah. I see the most effective change happening.
1: <laughs> most effective, not very realistic given the way our culture perceives productivity. Yeah. And like how dare you spend any amount of time for yourself? Especially yeah. for women. Oh, especially for women.
0: Especially for women. Cause we gotta take on all the shit at the office and we gotta take on all the shit in the house and we gotta take on all the shit that everybody else hands us. Fuck that. Right. Fuck that. I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Um The chapter you don't have to be an expert in everything. I think that's also that's something that's something that I really see. In entrepreneurial spaces, with my clients who have any kind of businesses, whether it's direct sales or fucking photography or web design or whatever, and I wonder um, if you notice this at all in the work that you do or have done at your previous job since you just got a new job. Um, but something that I noticed within the entrepreneurial world is that like people try to take on everything and wear all of the hats because like, oh, this is my, this is my business. Therefore, it's all my job. Um, and you know, that I guess it extends a little bit beyond that too. Cause there was a, a concept that was not ever stated in specific words when I was growing up, but, um, not in these specific words anyway, but the concept was that like, if you can do it, you should not pay someone else to do it. Like if you can clean your own house, you should not clean someone else to clean it. If you're incapable of cleaning, fine. But if you are capable of cleaning, then you're lazy if you hire someone else to clean your house or cooking or, you know, anything else. Mm. What
1: do you think? When you say it like that, yes, I subscribe to that bullshit early <laughs> up too. Although I was never put in so many words. <laughs> if yes. you can, you should. Yeah. And there's, like,
0: I mean, I grew up essentially what would now be called flipping houses, although not on the time frame that most house flippers flip houses now. It's like my parents would buy a fixer-upper kind of house. We would live in it for several years, gut it, change everything, and then sell it. They would get a profit. We would buy a different house. Like that's kind of what we did as a family. So like, I don't know how to do plumbing or electrical work, And I would not trust myself to hang drywall, but, like, I can refinish a fucking hardwood floor. I can hang wallpaper. I can Mm -hmm. do all kinds of shit in a house. And so, and it's because I I was taught growing up how to do that, right? right? So, like, this concept just was so ingrained within that method of life. It's like, oh, well we're just going to do it all ourselves cuz we know how. And like, yeah. Just because I know how to do something does not mean that number 1, I am the best at it. And number 2, that's where my time and energy is best spent,
1: right? Or that I <laughs> even want to. <laughs>
0: exactly. 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 I love painting a wall. Every single wall in my house is white. <laughs> just because I'm like I don't I don't care enough. I got a lot of color in a lot of other places, you know, <laughs>
1: but <laughs> that whole concept just reminds me of what they always said how like the auto mechanic always has the rustiest shittiest car and like the seamstress always has the most ill-fitting clothes and like whatever your trade is and the fact that you can do the skill yourself means that you will never use it on yourself because nobody's paying you to do it.
0: <laughs> Thankfully, that is not true of the life coaches I know. Otherwise, we would not be very effective at our work. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think that you're onto something here. Like I don't want to do my own work when I get off of work, right? Like yeah. So why would I take care of my own car if I'm a mechanic? I don't. I don't want to do work when I'm off the clock. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure as shit not gonna pay another mechanic to do the work because well I could just do that myself. Exactly. <laughs> yep. it's that
1: also, on thing, it's like I don't want to do it, but I'm not gonna pay somebody else to do it. <laughs> Ah, and those two concepts are at odds. That means you end up fucking yourself <laughs> it, pretty much. Then you end up with the rust bucket car. <laughs> ah, that's too funny.
0: I've never thought about that in quite that context.
1: I don't know. And <laughs> then just the whole concept too of like, I don't know. I just grew up with like my dad was like the fix it guy, and he had all girls. So like whenever you needed anything automobile, you just took it to Dad and told him to fix it like there was no figure it out yourself or learn how to do it, it was like dad my car's making a weird sound He'd go figure it
0: out mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is so interesting because that like i mean i don't know if this was if this was your experience but i could see that translating into the concept of how we're sort of conditioned to not trust ourselves We're conditioned to trust someone else who is more of an authority than we are. And so I'm not going to trust myself to be able to fix my own car. Oh, Della's is joining us. I'm not going to trust myself to be able to fix my own car, but I'm also not going to trust myself to go find a mechanic who could fix my car because I'm going to take it to my dad who I've always taken it to because he's the authority on the car. Like I can see that playing out. I don't know if that was your experience, but what do, you, what do you think?
1: Um, Honestly, I don't think it ever really crossed my mind because I went from dad's my mechanic to husband's my mechanic t- back to dad's my mechanic. Like, And my dad's getting up there in age, so he's not exactly fit to be working on cars. Like, Oil changes is kind of his limit, so I'm like, God help me if something actually goes wrong with my car. <laughs> I'm just going <gonna> be- <laughs> to be like, well, dad used to fix it. Ex-husband used to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And it's so funny because I was like, after my dad, once I got divorced, probably about two years into oil change, I was like, Dad, just teach me how to do an oil change. He's like, Nah, I'll just do it myself. And now, of course, he's getting a little bit older. He's like, Why don't you just do this yourself? And I'm like, I fucking asked you years ago to show me how. Yeah.
0: And that's so interesting because that shows how he has taken on the idea of like trying to be an expert at everything and trying to do everything because. She's like, oh, I'm not gonna teach you how to do it. I'm just gonna fucking do it. I know how to do it. It's gonna be easier for me to just do it. Then I don't have to deal with you trying to teach you how all this shit. Yeah. Oh God. So I mean, and that just shows like how much of a disservice this does not only to ourselves, but also to the people around us. Cause you don't have to change own oil.
1: Yes. Like Probably a life skill I should know how to do if I in there at least if I don't want to do it, then pay somebody to do it because dad's not gonna be around forever. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh god. It's it's insidious. It's insidious. Stella, oh, what are cool your things. thoughts on this book?
2: Um <clears throat> I have not finished it, but I love it so so much. Um I do because of course I did. Um I have. <laughs> All right. The very first thought that I had about this was, oh my fucking God, yes. Part of why I don't ever want to work for an employer ever again is because there are gaps in my resume where I took time off for my health and it hurts to explain that to someone and watch their entire demeanor change.
0: Mm.
2: Um. When at the very beginning of the book, it's talking about taking time off and being... Called lazy for it, being perceived as lazy by others and assigning your value as lazy because you're taking time, you know, for your health or for a personal situation or whatever it is, or just because you don't fucking want to work and you have that ability. Mm -hmm. And then trying to explain that later when you need a job is the worst because they're like, well, why? Why weren't you working for this time? None of your business. That's why. Mm-hmm. That's that's why. Mm-hmm. That's the answer. None of your business. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I hate that any kind of break that you take in working, be it as God forbid, an American cashier outside of Aldi's, um, or you know, taking a couple months off. Is villainized and weaponized. Yeah. To make us work longer and longer and more and more. Yeah. Which is what leads to situations like the one that I was talking about earlier today. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, and Randy and I were talking about this earlier about like how there are some countries who are going to a 32 hour work week. And in those countries already, the standard is to have four weeks of vacation a year. And like, not that there yeah. is any country that does things perfectly and not that there is any country whose system we can just copy and paste onto our own. Right. But what can we learn from that? Oh, oh, maybe we can learn that the way we're doing it is fucked.
2: <laughs> right. Right. Ugh. Um, forever ago, I want to say that I read something that there are at least a couple of European countries that, like, the minimum mandatory vacation time is, like, two months a year. And I was like, what? Mm-hmm. For those people who don't get sick and don't have to use any vacation time for, like, sick days, because I don't know if that's included in their vacation time or not. Could you imagine just taking off a summer? Like, i want to go back, back through Europe, and then I'll be back in a couple of months, guys. I would, first of all, I wouldn't come back. <laughs>
0: But <laughs> well, I think that you would though. If it was built into our culture that we get to take time off, that's then fair. it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same.
2: That's fair. And that's true. Because when I'm away from work long enough, eventually I start working again because I want to and because I enjoy it. <sighs> and that's what okay. I actually had. Huh? Go ahead. Nate and I actually had a conversation about that recently-ish. I don't remember how it got brought up, but there was a study. I think it was done here in the U.S. It might not have been, but they did it with school children where they made classes optional for like a semester or something like that where you could go to class or you could fuck off all day, like go outside and do recess and do other stuff. And I want to say it was elementary school students. might have been junior high. Um, and like month one, nobody came to class. Month two, a couple kids started to come to class, and by like the third or fourth month, pretty much everybody was back in classes again, pretty consistently, because they enjoy learning. Humans want to learn, humans are curious by nature.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing that I think is so widely misunderstood and then weaponized is that like people assume especially here in the United States, maybe in other places, but especially here in the United States, it is widely assumed that no one would work if they had the option of otherwise. And what is actually more true is that if you had the option to not work, you would do the work that you want to do. Yes. And like... Everyone has different preferences and everyone has different desires and everyone has different interests. And if we all had some sort of universal basic income where all of our baseline needs were met and we could then do whatever the fuck we wanted, would there be some people who did nothing? Sure. Probably. Most people, though, would do something they loved. We would have some amazing creativity happening. We would have some amazing ingenuity happening and everyone would be happier with what they do
2: right forced into if they weren't happy they could do something else without the guilt and the shame and the laziness lie and the all of it yeah or at least with a different version of it Right. Like, human brain's
0: gonna human brain. It's always gonna be 50-50. Shit's gonna be fucked. Like, whatever. But (laughs) (laughs) there wouldn't be the massive oppressive system of this late-stage capitalistic bullshit that we exist in now that just leads to exhaustion and self-inflicted shame
2: because
0: of the societal bullshit that tells us that we should be working more. We should be more productive, no matter fucking what. Yes. Solving the world problems here, y'all. Solving the world
2: problems. Clearly, <laughs> we know everything, and we just need our own committee and panel to be like, hey, this is what's going on. <laughs> Exactly. See, they just don't ask us, though. Right. <laughs> They're for, real, though. for real, though. For real, though. Like, I was genuinely thinking about that the other day. I was like, wow, I'm so proud of Kansas for actually putting it to a vote whether or not the people wanted this to be discussed in legislation again. Uh-huh. Because, you know, read the Trump presidency. Uh-huh. oftentimes the people can vote and they're just like, Meh. yeah, no. Yeah. Hi, Thanks am- for your input. I'm not going to do that.
0: I am also so proud of Kansas and Kansas makes me so hopeful for November. So hopeful. I just right. have this little glimmer of hope just like right here.
2: That's so warm and delightful. <laughs> yes. I... <laughs> I hope that people come together the way that they did mm-hmm. in canvas for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, same. bananas Same, 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 same,
0: same, same, same. Um, um, so, what else?
2: What other notes um, do you know? have? Uh, we're also. This is an excerpt from the book. We're also taught to view people's personal challenges as unacceptable excuses. And I would like to just. Holy fuck. <laughs> the amount of unlearning that I had to fucking do that everything that you ever said in response to anything someone was assigning blame to you for was an excuse. It was never a reason. It was always an excuse. Mm-hmm. You're late to high school because you had a power outage and your alarm clock didn't work and the school says, well, that's an unexcused absence. That's mm-hmm. not a good enough excuse. You should have had batteries in your alarm clock. Well, fuck you. Okay. Side note, that actually happened. I was, I'm was i real mad about it. It's been a decade. I'm still yeah. <laughs> 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 But like... <clears throat> My partner and I have this conversation periodically about different things because I'm like there's a difference between a reason and an excuse and also everything does not have to have blame. Yeah. Sometimes shit just happens or something sometimes something doesn't work out the way that you wanted it to or intended it to. That doesn't mean that like, you are blameful, which isn't a word, but we'll, we'll go with it. Yeah it's not anybody's it's not anybody's fault it's not a fault matter it's just something that happened like hurricanes whose fault is that kelly is it yours it is holy shit
0: <laughs> no it is not my fault what is happening in florida it's <laughs> definitely not me i am not doing it. <laughs>
2: uh, and it just that that was something that was really traumatic for me Yeah, growing up because any time i tried to find my own agency or my own voice as a child i was told that it was an excuse and it was unacceptable Mm -hmm. which is why now as an adult even though i've gone through years of trying to unlearn that and working towards that and like the thought work and therapy and everything i still apologize a lot i used to it used to be like the only words out of my mouth were i'm sorry Mm -hmm. Um, like I'm not sorry like I was late to this call and I'm not sorry thank you for waiting for me but I'm not sorry <laughs> we didn't wait for you <laughs> exactly
0: good enough um, the unlearning is a lifetime's worth of work right and it's I'm so grateful that there are people like Dr. Devin Price, PhD, who are Mm -hmm. doing this work that reinforce the unlearning. Yes. Because, I mean, as Randy and I were talking about earlier, there is so much that whether it's on a grand society scale or just within our own individual homes that we have learned and believed was just like universal truth as we were growing up. And so then to dismantle that and question it and really call it out for the bullshit that it is, and then create new belief structures that we want to actually uphold and abide by on purpose reinforces like that takes fucking work. And I don't know that it can be done alone. Maybe it can. I couldn't fucking figure it out. So I hired a life coach and then I became one, but like the fact that there are people who are doing actual research, actual academic work on this shit to support that unlearning on an individual and societal scale, I am just so grateful for. So grateful. Mm -hmm. Um, I know you said that you didn't finish the book, but I do mm-hmm. want to mention the last chapter, the conclusion, Compassion Kills the Laziness Not Lie. And just a couple of pages before the last chapter begins in the the chapter Shrugging Up Society Shoulds, where it talks about setting goals based on compassion and not guilt or fear. Um, I 100% think that compassion is like what's going to change everything. Developing compassion for ourselves allows us to develop compassion for other people, and when we have compassion for other people, then we have less judgment toward other people and less animosity and resentment toward other people and less fewer rules that we believe they have to follow, fewer rules that we believe we have to follow that we then you know weaponize against ourselves if we don't follow them correctly. And what the fuck is correctly? That changes every goddamn day. And, you know, so... I I love that it that it ends with the idea of compassion being like the antidote and the cure.
1: Um, what do you two think? I I was kind of intrigued by that idea because I I don't know if you want to call it a personality flaw or what. I am not known for having a lot of compassion for other people because I have very little compassion for myself and that might play into it. I was just like, compassion is like a cure all, was just kind of like mind blowing to me because it was something that I would never even considered before to just be like, huh, maybe <laughs> yeah. that would work. I think um,
0: compassion is the answer to everything.
2: <laughs> That's my philosophy of life. <laughs> yes. And you have taught me that, undoubtedly. <laughs> I mean, having compassion for myself is what allowed me to stop berating myself constantly for not having a correct sleep schedule Mm. so not going to bed and waking up at the same time every day um first of all i don't fucking have to like i don't have anywhere that i have to be at 8 30 in the morning so like first of all who gives a shit me um but like allowing myself to just let that shit go and not make it mean that i'm lazy and that clearly i don't you know i'm undeserving of whatever else because i don't have a proper sleep schedule and now i go to bed when i fucking feel like going to bed and i wake up when i feel like waking up and it is rarely the same day to day like it'll like i'll wake up at about the same time for like three days and then it'll shift and it continues and consistently does that and i feel better every day i have more energy every day i sleep better every day and also i don't have to wake up to an alarm clock Mm -hmm. which just starts my day with rage because how dare you disturb (laughs) my slumber with your nonsense
0: well that's randy was talking about that earlier not i mean Randy has a more traditional job that requires a more traditional schedule. Randy, I'm speaking on your behalf. Um, That's why so, you you know, know. I'm just not, saying uh, the same.
1: damn alarm clock. Ah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and like, not everyone has the, um, I don't know if we want to call it privilege or if we want to call it luxury or whatever, of creating their own schedules in that way. Mm-hmm. But even at that, you know, Randy, you were talking about needing eight to 10 hours of sleep and just like how... judged we can be for allowing our bodies to sleep the way they need to
2: (laughs) right right it was a thing it was a mess it still is but it was like everywhere on my social media when i was in high school about all of my friends complaining that they really wish that they could cash in all of the naps that they refused when they were four Mm. and like I didn't have the words for it then that I do now, which is take the nap. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're lazy to take a nap at two o'clock on a Wednesday. It means that you're tired. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you're probably, in my case, going to be a complete asshole to everyone around you and everything around you because you're cranky because you need a nap. Mm -hmm. Just because you're not four anymore doesn't mean you're not an asshole toddler
0: well and that's isn't that so interesting like we grant children so many concessions and when our bodies are fully grown or not even not even that our brains aren't fully grown quote-unquote until we're in our mid-20s but like well before our bodies are fully grown when we are like i don't know what middle school high school then it's like hmm You have to abide by this schedule, and we're going to tack on a bunch of homework, and we're going to tack on maybe a job, and we're going to tack on a bunch of extracurriculars, and you got to do all of this shit. Otherwise, you're not going to get into a good college, and you have to get into a good college in order to uphold the bullshit standards that we apply to everybody. And, you know, like, it just, what? At what point? Is it when you're seventh? That you no longer need to take care of your your body in an appropriate way? Is it when you're seven? Because I don't think that I like that.
1: I think it's gotten younger and younger. I mean, you just look at the people with kids that have, like, all day, afternoon, evening, everyday activities for kids in elementary school, whether it's soccer or football or dance or gymnastics, like... Even after school, school, they have all the activities for all the things. And it's just like, you must be doing something. You can't just go home and watch TV.
0: Yeah. right. Yeah. And you got all of that shit happening. And then you've got your homework that you got to do before bed. When do you eat dinner? Do you bathe? Like what? How do you take care of this thing that you're living in? This like (laughs) shell, this meat sack. Like, how do you take care of that? Oh, you don't? Cool. That's amazing. That's gonna do great.
2: <laughs> uh. Right. And like, I was talking to my physical therapist today, and she has her son is a senior in high school here in Kansas. And she told me, like we were just kind of chit-chatting about school. I was asking him how senior year is going. And she's like, I think he thinks it's fine. I don't really know. So like he's been really stressed out the other day or the last few weeks because they had two full weeks of homecoming activities during school and after school leading up to the homecoming football game and the homecoming dance. Two weeks of after school activities, of shit to do in class. And I'm like, celebrate these things. That's super cool. Celebrate your seniors. That's super cool. Also, it's just hacking on more and more and more. To kids who I know, in her son's case at the very least, goes to school, gets good grades, is part of you know, honors classes and all this other stuff, and participates in the, like extracurricular activities and has a job mm-hmm. and is expected to pick up at home and take care of things at home and, God forbid, have a social life. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot. Who has the time? Yeah. I don't know how I really struggled with this when I got diagnosed with my anxiety because that was when I really stopped working jobs for a period of time. And then I kind of went back to it. Now I'm not again. Unrelated to the anxiety. But I really aggressively struggled with it because I went from working two 40-hour-a-week jobs minimum to support myself to not working at all and immediately I was lazy and I was unmotivated and I was all of these other things that are twisted in such a way to make me out to be this terrible human Mm -hmm. undeserving of money or comfort or safety Mm -hmm. that why and like now that I haven't been working for a while and I have that's not true I have been working I haven't been working a traditional job for a while I've been running my own business I have my own schedule I was going to school for a while. Now that I've had that system, I don't know how the fuck I ever did two week jobs. Fuck that. Mm -hmm. Aggressively.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I have similar thoughts about how the fuck did that work out in, you know, shit that I used to do. Um, But I have to get on another call. I appreciate both of you for having this conversation um compassion is the answer compassion is the miracle compassion is the cure that's <laughs> that's everything laziness does not exist yes. <laughs>